Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Our sermon text for this evening is our gospel lesson recorded for us in Luke chapter 2, verses 25 through 35. And to bring us back into that text, I'd like to read just a few verses for you once again. Simeon took him into his arms and praised God. He said, Lord, you now dismiss your servant in peace, according to your word, because my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and the glory of your people, Israel. Lord, these are your words, and therefore they are your truth. We ask that you'd increase our faith through them. Amen. Dear fellow redeemed, I encourage you to take out your bulletins this evening. On the front cover, you'll see a very familiar New Year's picture. It's the picture of an old man carrying a brand new, newborn baby. And we see this picture a lot this time of year. The old man perhaps representing father time or the old year, 2019, and the new baby representing that new year, 2020. Perhaps we might be a little saddened if we look at such a picture, especially those of us that are growing older and we see that we look a little bit closer to the old man than to the newborn baby there. But wait a minute, this picture isn't a picture at all of the changing of the years, this is a picture of our text for this evening, a picture of Simeon and the baby Jesus in the temple. It's interesting to note that Simeon, as he embraces this child, he isn't saddened to look down upon that child and to think about his life that's already passed before him and everything he maybe could have done or everything that he did do and he shouldn't have done. Rather, he looks at that child with hope. The child is truly his hope of eternal life and his Savior. So this evening, let's take up as our theme that Simeon, welcomes a happy new year. We don't really know for sure how old Simeon was. In fact, we don't really know if he was old at all. The text doesn't tell us. It may be assumed that Simeon was rather advanced in age because Anna was certainly someone who was advanced in age, as we read in our gospel lesson. We also might think to ourselves, certainly God wouldn't have given such a promise to a young man, or at least if he gave this promise that he's not going to die until he sees the Messiah, he certainly wouldn't bring it to fulfillment until that young man had reached a very mature age. So we don't really know if Simeon was old or not, but we do know these details about Simeon. As it tells us in our text for this evening, that Simeon was righteous and devout. The word righteous brings many ideas and thoughts to mind. As we think of someone who is honorable, someone who does what is right and what is good. Throughout all of the scriptures, it's interesting to note that God uses that term for people. He uses that term not to describe their own works that they have done, but rather their faith. In fact, in Romans chapter 3, it tells us no one will be declared righteous in his sight by works of the law. Those that God calls righteous are righteous because of their faith in the Messiah, the Savior. And this is certainly true about Simeon. The text also tells us that he was devout. 
What does that mean? Well, it means that he took his religion seriously. Certainly see those details in our text for this evening. We see that he certainly was a man of God. He heeded God's word. He trusted God's word. He came to the temple as directed by God. We also see an incredible picture, an example of devotion in Anna as well in the gospel reading. Can you imagine what she did going to church every single day? It seems a little bit excessive, doesn't it? And yet these two individuals are devout, God-fearing people, focused on God and his word and his promises. How many people would describe you as devout? Maybe a lot of people would actually describe you as devout. After all, you are in church on New Year's Eve. It seems that you would be considered pretty devout to come to church tonight, right? There's a lot of other things that you could be doing or at least preparing for, but you're here. And probably I would guess that for many of you, you are ones that probably do go to church every week. You maybe do, uh, do devotions in your home with your family or on your own as well. But are there times when maybe we aren't filled with much joy and excitement to do those things? Maybe we do go to church, but it seems rather boring to sing the songs or to listen to the sermon for so long, listen to those texts. Maybe in our devotions at home, too, we get distracted or we really aren't into it. We can lack that joy that Simeon had. That Anna had. What was that joy? It was really joy found in trusting God's promises, waiting for those promises to be fulfilled. The big promise that Simeon was waiting for was the comfort of Israel. Isaiah describes this comfort in his 40th chapter when he writes this Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak to the heart of Jerusalem, call out to her. Her warfare really is over. Her guilt is fully paid for. Yes, she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. It's the comfort that Simeon was waiting for. The comfort of Israel was really the fulfillment of God's promises to do what he said that he would do in order to forgive their sins, to wash away their guilt. In the Old Testament, we see that God establishes a covenant with his people Israel on Mount Sinai. As he appears there with clouds and smoke and thunder, all signs of God's power and anger and wrath, and he says that he will establish a covenant with them, that if they obey his commandments that he's giving to them there at Mount Sinai, he will be their God. He will give them their own land and he will prosper them in that land. What did the children of Israel do? They didn't uphold their end of the bargain, did they? They broke the covenant of God. They got bored with the things of God. Instead, turned to the things of the world, the things of their heathen neighbors, and they wanted to start doing those things rather than what God commanded them to do. We might expect God to forget about them or to cast them aside in his judgment but instead, God establishes a new covenant with them. 
the new and amazing covenant described in Jeremiah chapter 31. Yes, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their fathers. They broke that covenant of mine. But this is the covenant I will make, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds, and I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. For I will forgive their sins, and I will remember their sins no more. You hear that phrase over again and again and again. I will, I will, I will. The problem with the previous covenant is that it was a two-sided covenant, one that the children of Israel could not keep, one that we cannot keep either. Yet the covenant, the new covenant that God promises is one that is so radically different because it is a one-sided covenant. You see, God obligates himself to keep his own word, his own promise, his own covenant, to remove guilt and to forgive sins. This is what Simeon was waiting for. He was waiting for God to enact this new covenant, to carry out everything that he had promised, to pardon guilt and forgive sin. This is why he's filled with so much joy when he embraces that child in the temple, because he knows what that child means, that this is only the beginning, that God's plan of salvation has just begun. He's carrying it out in this little baby that he's carrying in his own arms. He's filled with excitement and joy over all of this. In the sermon last week, I mentioned to you that our dating system that we use uh, today is one that is really focused on and based on a central event in human history, the birth of Christ. If you remember the... The letters B.C. are quite often used for the years that took place before the birth of Christ. And we understand what those letters mean, B.C., right? Before Christ. What are the letters for the years that come after Christ's birth? We know they're A.D., aren't they? That we're in the year A.D., 2019, almost A.D., 2020. What does A.D. stand for? Some have wondered, do they really stand for maybe after death? Maybe the years after Jesus died on the cross? That really doesn't make sense because what about the 33 or so years of Jesus' life on this earth that would be unaccounted for? The letters A.D., they really stand for two Latin words. Anno Domini, meaning in the year of our Lord. So you could rightly say of this year, 2019, or almost 2020, that it is 2019 in the year of our Lord. An incredible way to think about this new era, this new era which Simeon himself welcomed so gladly as he embraced that child, the era of the new covenant, the era of the coming of Christ, that he is here, that he has come and has accomplished salvation for you and for me. And it changes everything. Death is something that we often don't like to speak much about. 
we don't like to think about. It's probably something that we maybe even try to hide from our children and, and grandchildren. Should we take little Billy to go into the hospital to see great-grandpa? He might die while he's there. Should we really bring him to the funeral? What's he going to do if he sees a dead body? Yet death is something that each and every one of us has to wrestle with, especially as the years tick by, year after year after year, as we know soon enough it'll be our final year on earth. Yet for us, death is not something that we need to be afraid of. It wasn't something that Simeon was afraid of either. In fact, what does Simeon say after seeing the Christ child? He says, Lord, now let your servant dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation. As he declares, really, that he is ready to die. He's ready to die, seeing the fulfillment of God's promises, knowing that his Savior is here He knows that his sin is paid, that his guilt is covered, that the Christ child has come, and that that child is truly his life. Not all of the things and stuff on this earth, but the life that he grants, eternal life for him forever in heaven. Those words of Simeon are very familiar words to us, aren't they? Lord, you now dismiss your servant in peace according to your word. Because my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. They're so familiar because we sing them so often in church. In fact, we're going to sing them this very evening, following communion. And that's the normal place for them in the service. Have you ever wondered why, though? Why do we sing These words, the the song of Simeon right after receiving the Lord's Supper was for this reason. Because just as Simeon had received his Savior in his arms and he was ready to depart, he was ready to die in peace, so too we, after receiving our own Lord, his true body and blood, and the forgiveness that he brings, we too are ready to depart. Whether it is departing to be with our Lord forever in heaven, or departing, heading back to our homes to continue our lives of service to him. As for us as Christians, we need not fear the change of the calendar. We need not fear the years ticking by. But for us, we know that it is a new year, a new era, another year of the Lord's favor given to us, in which we can rejoice because Christ has been born. He has come to give us life in him. Amen. Invite the congregation to please rise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, forevermore.